This is an ABC podcast. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. So there is a new world of influencers, the Skinfluencer. YouTube and TikTok is full of videos promoting skincare products and routines to tweens, so 10 to 12-year-olds. Videos just like this. This is my son, Jack. He's 11 years old. And I figured, you know what? We'll share Jack's skincare routine. It's very basic. He's just starting out with it. And this is the Creamy Jelly Cleanser. I originally bought this for myself. It's not something that's going to be putting tons of different ingredients on Jack's skin. It's just going to keep his skin barrier strong. It's going to nicely hydrate it, but not oversaturate it with ingredients. He just needs something basic to just take off all the dirt and the grime from his days at school and playing after school with his friends. And that was just step one of their routine, by the way. There has been an explosion of tween skincare, all generated from social media. Mecca is the new milk bar for young girls. It's where they spend their time and it's where they spend their money or their parents' money. Buying everything from cucumber eye-cooling patches to a three-step cleansing routine. So should kids aged between 10 to 12 be using skincare products and quite often products meant for adults? Is it too young to start cleansing and moisturising? Is it causing damage? Or is it starting a healthy relationship with looking after your skin? Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host this morning, Ed Gannon, Director of Media Means, also the former editor of The Weekly Times. Ed, we are living in a moment in the rise of the skinfluencer. Yeah, it's just, it's pretty amazing when you stop and, and think about how supercharged this whole influencing thing is. Look, influencers have been around since day dot. I mean, you look back at you know the start of television and Graham Kennedy doing Brill Cream ads and footballers doing various things and that was all things and and you know Jackie Kennedy and her her dresses and and I look back at um uh, and that's probably the the week to, to think about is um Friends um mm-hmm. and and Rachel's hair and the the style of the hair. And in the influence of that, of that, they were all slow burns. Now everything is just supercharged. It's just supercharged. It's here. It's now. And someone can get a million views in a day of something, and we don't know who that person is or what their qualifications are. And it's just there. And you know, and and it's particularly TikTok. It's it's aimed at it's aimed at kids, and, and particularly aimed at young young women as well. As a dad, I think your youngest is probably older now to not be influenced within this period. But there was a time where she was. Did you know what to do as as a parent? Because this is the thing: the appropriateness of skincare for tweens has got parents divided between what is good skin practice and hygiene and what is just marketing madness. Look, you know, as being the father, I was probably not armed with the knowledge of what what was what was the good thing and what was the bad thing. I mean, and that's probably more my wife was was more in that area, but. I was certainly went through my, my daughter's. Um, she's nineteen. She's just about to move out of, of teen, her teen years. But there was certainly a period in the in her mid teens when she was very, very um, uh, taken by uh, makeup and skincare, and was really. I remember a trip we went overseas, and she was really keen to go to a major store and buy certain things that she had seen on social media at that time. Now this is just before TikTok too, so it wasn't supercharged. But yeah, look, it, it was. It, it's a case of. Um, and, and things have developed so quickly too. Yeah. There's new products, there's new things, and and even, anyone, I mean, any adult probably struggles to keep up with what's yes, actually absolutely. going on in in that world, um, let alone the kids. And so the kids see these things and do it. So yeah, it, I've been through that stage.
stage of of it's become being a really strong thing um, with her, and but I can see it it's with even younger now. And from what you know, I talk to people and what to hear is, is it's it is very young. So, do you have a tween in your home who's starting to be interested or obsessed with skincare? How do you feel about it? Is it a good habit to start or potentially damaging to their skin? This is the conversation hour. Better watch out for the skin. My name is Rochelle Holmes, your co-host this morning, Ed Gannon, the director of Media Means, the former editor of the Weekly Times, and we're talking about skinfluencers. Influencers promoting skincare to tweens predominantly, teenagers as well, but to the tweens, to the 10 to 12-year-olds. Joe Woods is a producer here at ABC Radio Melbourne. Joe, you have two young daughters. One is 11. Yeah. And is it fair to say obsessed with skincare? completely and utterly obsessed everything that you've just talked about has been sending shivers down my spine i should say you know my 11 year old daughter is in grade six she goes to a normal public school you know we're not at a private school or anything fancy like that but she is constantly seeing on tiktok and on youtube uh influencers i mean the use of the word influencers i just think is hilarious these are other tweens these are other 11 and 12 year olds who are doing get ready with me videos with their 10 step skincare routine and they're getting millions of hits on these videos and they're just they're kids i don't even understand how they afford these things by the way because we're talking about brands that are not cheap we're talking about brands where a moisturizer is 150 to 160 dollars and where they're accessing the money for this i just find it astonishing i know your daughter mentioned you said she wanted one particular product and then i said hang on a second i use that product but that watered down then my desire to use that product if i know it's being marketed to 11 year olds I'm curious about the marketing. I'm wondering whether or not the algorithm is pinpointing these girls because they know that they're vulnerable to all the things that they're seeing or whether the algorithm just recognises that they're in, it's a, a, you know, a female that is interested in skincare and bombards them with all of this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, we are lucky enough to have just had a European holiday that we, you know, were able to go on after you know years of saving and everything she wanted every city we went to she wanted to go into the local store to see what skincare there was she's 11 <laughs> i just was, i just found the whole thing astonishing and she knows words like peptides retinol collagen she understands the language of this skincare and is buying into it and, and uses arguments like, yes, but mum, it's really good to get into a routine with these things and understands terms like skin barriers. And I just, it's just astonishing to me that this is where it's all going. You, you made the point about the influences, but when, you know, as I said before, once upon a point time, there were, there were people of stature or, or they'd built up a reputation, whatever. And now, as you say, these are kids and that, that is the new influencer. Yeah. They, they are kids of the same age and we don't know what their background is, what, what the motivation is behind it, why, why, as you say about the money, how do these kids afford these things? They, do, they just come straight straight out of nowhere yeah. and you have no and way of knowing. And they're spending entire afternoons, their entire Saturday at 
sports girl or Mecca or wherever it may be, like we once did, and I don't mean to sound like an old wowser, but yeah. we all used to hang with our friends somewhere, right? But it mm. might have been at the milk bar. It might have even just been generally at a shopping centre. But they're now spending hours in shops looking at skincare and the latest skincare products and routines that are available. But it's also not just about the brands that these children, I shouldn't say children, sorry, these tweens are interested in. I don't think, you know, I think you also have to look at the fact that the Kylie Jenners, the Rihanna's, uh, the Selena Gomez's of this world have also got products that they are marketing to this age group. And that is a really strong pull for my 11 year old to see Kylie Jenner saying, you know, this, use this skincare, use this makeup, look at my lip kit, mm. you'll get really lovely plump lips like what I've got. And they, they don't have the, the smarts to kind of go, oh, maybe that's not quite correct or maybe that's not right for me. They're just sucked into it instantly. This it says my 11-year-old daughter insists that she needs a face roller. Another that says, oh, my God, Rish, you are literally talking about this. We were just talking about it, a group of mums of preteens on the weekend. It's full on. Rob's in Melbourne. Hey, Rob. How are you going? Um, yeah, I just personally think that um, kids are way too young. I mean, we... The stuff that they're putting into these makeup products, how do we know it's not doing damage to our kids? Like, you know, when my daughter was a toddler, she got the entire packet of those uh, face wipes from the $2 variety store, wiped her face with it, had a reaction, her, her eyes all puffed up. When I went to take it to the doctors, they went to reach for the phone to call the police, thinking I king hit her. But luckily, I had the packet with me. And on the packet, it had, you know, fragrance, whatever, free yeah. or alcohol-free. And on the ingredients, it had traces of benzene in it. And it's just not knowing what's in those products. My daughter, who's 10, picked up a, a face cleansing product. And I swear to God, it looked like Morning Fresh. Like, uh, And it was not a place where you would be buying skincare. Good on you, Rob. Where do you, Joe? I know as a busy producer, we're going to let you go. But you've got another show to, uh, to get ready. Where do you draw the line, though? Because there's lots of people saying, look, we've always been influenced, like you were saying, Ed, you know, whether it be Rachel on Friends or magazines, whether they were photoshopped or not. Because lots of people are also saying, you know, maybe this is just teaching a good skincare routine and to look after your skin from a young age because we all treated our skin like crap when we were young. You know, we put baby oil on our skin and we never even used sunscreen when we were growing up. Maybe it's teaching a good form of practice. Maybe it is, but maybe just slathering a really simple moisturiser on your face every morning is all that is required for an 11-year-old skin. Some of these kids are buying skincare that has retinols in it. Like, this is something that is not meant to be for the gorgeous, fresh, non-wrinkled... Collagen pumped. <laughs> collagen pumped 11-year-old's skin. They don't need these So do products. you say no to her? I do say no to her, um, but, you know, she's now of an age where her and her little buddies will get the bus to Northland and they'll go to Mecca and they'll buy stuff. And uh, she has pocket money that she saves mm. up and uses. She she does listen to me. I am able to say, I don't think that's right, sweetheart. I don't think that's right for your skin. But she's also equally influenced by her friends that say, yeah. oh, you really need that. My best mate's 11-year-old came home from her very first shopping trip where they were allowed to. Their parents were close by, but they were allowed to go just on their own and go shopping. They went to Priceline. That was where they wanted to shop. And she came back with cleansing products and an eyelash curler. And this young girl is not really a, a makeup-y girl at all. And I said, do you know how to use that? And she's like, no, nah, but all my friends have got one and it was only 10 bucks." Yeah.
And when you talk about things that we used to be influenced as kids, that was like, you know, Lady Diana's hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't exactly. a $125 yeah, yeah. moisturiser. Yeah. That was just a terrible haircut that grew out in a few weeks. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really the same thing. And also, these kids are seeing these things all the time on the devices that they have. My daughter doesn't have a phone yet, but she does have an iPad that she goes on after school for a certain period of time. And she's just being bombarded with these mm. videos and feels like she needs to use her hard-earned pocket money on skincare that's just not for her skin. She's too young. Good luck, Joe Woods, oh, in uh, both producing Trevor Chapel this afternoon, but also with your 11-year-old. So do you have a tween in your home that's starting to be interested or obsessed with skincare? How do you feel about it? This is the Conversation Hour. It's got to be Good morning, Rochelle Hunt and Ed Gannon with you. Ed's the Director of Media Means, the former editor of the Weekly Times. At the Weekly Times, you wouldn't have had skin influences, Ed? Uh, well, we did, but they were right to do with animal skin. <laughs> So, Safe and different. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Although one of the things you do have to worry about when, when in the, the sorts of roles, like I mean, in a lot of roles, is people around about it, 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 the, the skincare you're talking about is sun care, is, is, yeah. and, and that's the that was always the biggest one for for me and for for those I was involved in, and you know, it's just become a a, a completely different it's equation. Huge. A little later in the program, we'll speak to a dermatologist about what is good and what isn't, because people are messaging in like this one that says, "My daughter, aged eleven, began to get quite bad acne. Her father and I both suffered bad acne throughout our teen years, with little or no help, and maybe some awful medication. In the case of my husband, I didn't want her to go through this. She doesn't take advice from influencers, but I take her every three months to a skin specialist. They are aware of the sensitivity." She's now in a good cleansing routine and her skin has improved dramatically now at the age of 13. That's from Karen. And there's a big difference, yeah, isn't there, between yeah, those two things? Exactly. I mean, that, and that, that, that's medical advice and, and medical instruction and, and consulting and then doing doing what you've been advised to do by someone qualified as distinct from another 11-year-old child on TikTok telling you these are the sorts of things that you should mm. be using. It's a completely different. Melissa's in Malvern. Morning, Melissa. Morning, how are you? Good. Do you have a tween in your household? I do, yes. I have a 10-year-old daughter and she started going to birthday parties even when she was nine and, you know, the gift to give was from all kinds. Um, A shop that does mm. sort of, you know, bath bombs and fun sponges and then there's also a skincare range now that you can cleanse and moisturise and, you know, if you didn't take an all kinds gift box, then, you know, you weren't really What sort cool of friends were you? As there's yeah, a message here, right. Melissa, that says it's not just online, there's also parties that are run that are called pamper parties and they're for primary school aged girls. Does your daughter, d- does she use skincare? Like, is she, does she have a cleansing routine? She does, yeah, and she was getting them all from all kinds and, you know, from LD, um, any sort of cleansing. And I, mean, I don't wear any makeup. I wear a little bit of mascara, but I was seeing that all my makeup was being used before school. So I asked her and she said, oh, look, it's got SPF, you know, 30, mum, but I could see she had mascara on. So I let it go for, you know, a few days. And um, I spoke to a girlfriend at, at Kinder Pickup with my five-year-old who went to a pamper party and thought this was really strange, like she's yeah. never been anything like that before. And um, my friend works for Natio and she said, look, I'll give your daughter a pack between it, you know, a skincare range. And I thought, oh, okay. And she said, because all kinds and some of those others may have some nasty ingredients. And, well, um, but this is the thing, that. brands, are, so many brands now have got 
tween, a tween range, that it, yes, it's something it's great, that they're doing. But, yeah, but she doesn't know how to use it properly now. So she's putting, you know, too much foam and uh, too much cleanser and then she's doing the serum before she's really washed her face. And, of course, you know, she doesn't really listen to me when I'm saying, look, maybe do it at the very end. And so they don't really have the knowledge how yeah. to do the proper routine, but she's doing it morning and night. Well, and they're getting that information from skin fluences. That the issue, that's the issue. Melissa, at least you know you're not alone. How, I mean, both Joe and Melissa have now said, look, I try to influence them, <laughs> but parents don't have influence when influencers have influence. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking about when, when Joe was talking about is, is, is how much cons- consultation does the... the, the the daughter with the parents and say, look, you know, what do you think about this mum or, or dad? Should I be buying this? Do you think this is okay? Whatever. Is is the advice, right, I'm going to get the advice from the, the skinfluencer and my peers because there's a double-edged thing here. Yeah. What we're hearing is that it's the peer groups combined with the influencer and it's a bit chicken and the egg. They're, they're both coming at at from different angles until you get to the point where you, you do have these sorts of parties where you have things and, and the, pre- the pressure just builds so much. If, you, if you're not part of it, you, you don't belong. And I know we've mentioned, well, we've always been influenced, but it is, it's full on. Yeah, it's supercharged. Yeah, it's supercharged. And it's, and it's beforehand it was, it was, I mean, using the instance before about talking about friends, that was a slow burn of that. T- that TV show started in America sometimes and probably took about to season three before it came to Australia and it became bigger and bigger and bigger. And then everyone thought, oh, wow, look at, look at Rachel's hair. We all want to get yeah. a haircut like Rachel. Now it's, it can happen in a day. Absolutely. Nicholas Caro is an associate professor at the School of Communication, Arts and Director of Digital Cultures and Societies at the University of Queensland. Nick, we've spoken to you a lot on this program about sort of, I guess, just harmful marketing to young people and social media. Is a skinfluencer harmful or is this just an innocent way of getting into skincare? Uh, well, that's a thorny question. <laughs> um, I think the way, the way I kind of think about what's going on with skincare and TikTok is that, yeah, there's probably harmful marketing of products to consumers who are way too young to be using these products, you know, in ways that are safe and good for them in terms of both their bodily health but also probably their, their mental health. Um, but there's this, there's this kind of... It's happening in the broader culture on TikTok. You know, you were talking earlier about Get Ready With Me videos. Mm. Um, so there's this kind of quite interesting you know, culture of young people creating really quite entertaining, interesting content about their lives, their selves and so on. And and this skin product is one part of that. And to me, the really interesting thing we've got to think about is the way um, this attention to your skin is bound up in or connected to the use of these augmented reality filters that are really popular on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at TikTok last night, and you could look quite clearly see that the the faces on them are actually you know, it's really hard to tell what's real or not. And, and not to mention the AI voices that go along with all mm. these TikTok things. Is that I mean, how, how big a thing is that, Nicholas? It's huge, and so I think um, you know a lot. So if you grab a if you grab a filter on TikTok, like you're making a video and you use an effect or a filter, and it it changes your appearance. Now you might grab a filter that has kind of a moving background or, a, you know, puts a, a hat on you or some other moving feature in the image. But those filters always have built into them as a default that they will smooth your skin and sometimes change the structure of your face, you mm. know, enhance your cheekbones or narrow your face or narrow your nose. Um, and so, you know, people are beginning to live in a media culture where they're, when they look at themselves and look at their peers, the images they're seeing of each other have been kind of 
um, you know, digitally enhanced. And so the impulse then is to, um, and you, you know, is to try to make yourself look like that in real life. And a lot of the get ready with me videos we're seeing from skin influencers are like, let me show you how to do this filter effect with makeup. And then they kind of painstakingly wow. make their face look like it looks like on the filter. Yeah, you know? I did this alarmingly frightening program on filters and how they're used and people are even going into cosmetic surgeons now asking to be to to look like their filtered self and there was a call for filters for there to be a declaration nicholas of filters so if you are doing a get ready with me video then should there be some kind of information that comes up at the beginning that says filters will be used in this video do do we need to actually put it out there a bit more well, I, I, it, it gets tricky on a platform like TikTok because you'd have a declaration of like that on every single video just yeah. about because, you know, and, and so we, we kind of, um, you know, young people now live in a kind of augmented reality media culture that's kind of very different from the one many of us grew up in. Um, and so that, that kind of background to what's going on here is really uh, important. And I'd say, like, I'm always wary about us just panicking about this because, there's something really creative and interesting going on here as well. And, you know, like I'd say one of the really beautiful things about TikTok is the way that young people are able to kind of play with their, uh, I'd say play with and explore their gender identity yeah. in ways that, you you know, earlier generations just weren't able to. Mm. So a lot of what's going on with makeup and, and, and filters is a kind of, you know, an exploration of, of who I am in a gendered sense that's often really creative and empowering. So... You know, there's 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 many sides to this this cultural phenomenon we're seeing on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Uh, Nicholas, we, we're we're talking about skin um, skin care and skin influences. Is there is there another or there are other? What's the other big ones out there at the moment that are that, that are perhaps causing concern for young people or even older people that are out on social media? Is is there is there some something else that's that's big at the moment? Oh, I don't, I, I mean, I guess the category of, you know, the, the bigger picture here is, you know, products that enable us to kind of augment our appearance or our bodies. And, you know, the more visual our social media cultures have become, the more you see people kind of um, becoming experts or advisors yeah. or influencers about how to look like this, you know. And so, you know, if you think about makeup and skincare is one aspect of that, but you see workout routines and diets and, you know, and on and on and on. You see cosmetic surgery in some cultures or injectables, you know. So there's a it's whole... It's just that follow my life. Here's how I, I lead my life. I just find that fascinating. Nicholas, it's always great to get you to try and explain some of these things to us. <laughs> I feel like I learned so much. Nicholas Carra, their Associate Professor in the School of Communication and Arts and Director of Digital Cultures and Societies at the University of Queensland. Meredith is in Footscray. Morning, Meredith. Good morning. Have you got a tween skincare obsessive in your household? Well, I have just recently, quite surprisingly. And I think the Skinfluencer um, concept is really interesting. Recently, my daughter came to me and said, Mum, I'd like some skincare for my birthday. And I thought, my goodness, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, and look, she's been um, sort of given the idea from somewhere. I thought, great, she's not into makeup. Skincare is probably fairly innocent. So we popped into Maya, we had a good look, and it was so difficult, even for, for me, to try and find something that was suitable for her skin. It was just overwhelming, really, all the colours and the styles and the price points. We did get something that was uh, fairly neutral in the end. And, and to know what you're buying, like I think you could mention any major store from 
Maya to David Jones, mm. you name it, high end, right through to the bottom end, where all of the skincare products, including ones with retinol, are brightly packaged. They look like something that a teenage girl would like. How hard is it to say no? There's a text here from Dan, and it says, influencers and parents need to learn to say no. An 11-year-old wearing makeup, are you off your rocker? How hard is it, Meredith, if you want to say no, to say no? Yeah, look, it, it can be tricky, particularly if you've got a, um, a little one that's not so little anymore, really set on the idea of getting the right skincare. I think luckily um, our communication is pretty good and I was able to say, well, let's look at the back. Let's look. We need something simple. Your skin's pretty good. You just want to clean it really and, you know, um, bring back that sparkle and keep down the, the breakouts. You don't need all this other stuff. So luckily I was there and able to have that chat yeah. with her. But it could easily have gone the other way. If she was going to choose, she would have come out with something, you know, gorgeous, brightly coloured and probably, you know, completely wrong for her skin. Meredith, I wish you all the best. I feel like this is just around the corner for me, right? <laughs> it is. It is. I am so worried. <laughs> this it says, my nine-year-old daughter's friends come home from school with professional false nails and eyelashes. Parents take their girls to have this done. It's caused peer pressure to look the same. The girls need extra time for their beauty regime before school and before bed. It's truly disturbing that this is their reality. I won't go on about some of the adult sexy clothes that they're allowed to wear as well. My head just spins. Well, Michelle Wong may be able to help us here, Ed. She's a science educator. She has a chemistry PhD and is a cosmetic chemist, but she's otherwise known online as Lab Muffin and has close to, if not over 400,000 followers on Instagram. You're a skin influencer, I guess, Michelle, but you're coming at it from a cosmetic chemist's point of view as a science educator. Are you worried about the rise of the skinfluencer just generally? A little bit, but at the same time, I've been around since um, 2011 with my blog. And so I've sort of seen everything go through lots of different shifts. And I don't think fundamentally it is that different. I think having blogs and then social media has really opened up the information landscape for people and it's a lot easier to find information at the same time it is also a lot easier to find incorrect information so that part is a bit worrying how do you michelle how do you think that 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 goes when people just jump on and do a, a skin routine of no qualifications no background they're just you know potentially they're they're 12 or 13 themselves <laughs> um how do you how do you think that that i mean i'm not talking regulation but you sound like you when you've built up your reputation you've got qualifications how do you think about that when you see that it is a bit concerning because um for young people it is really hard to work out what is and isn't true and they're encountering all this information for the first time and there is so much out there i feel like the solution is really more critical thinking more sort of um i guess misinformation spotting education in school would really help towards that there's so many messages talking about just how young and at, at like even others saying my three-year-old wanted sparkly lip gloss the other day. For brands, Michelle, is this like, are they just rubbing their hands together and thinking, you beauty, you know, we've just opened up a whole new demographic that we can start to pitch to. I mean, how do we know where to get correct information from, do you believe? I think that is definitely the case. I think there are definitely a lot of brands who are finding new markets and capitalizing on it because, I mean, that is kind of what they do. Um, in terms of where to good, get good information, I think there is a big role for parents to guide their kids in terms of what 
they should be thinking about and thinking critically and not just, I guess, acting on instinct because a lot of how social media works is based on eliciting strong emotions. When you have a strong emotion, that kind of overrides your logic circuit and you can't really think rationally about whether or not you should really do something. It's just, I suddenly want to do this. And I mean, children aren't as well developed in that sort of sense. And yeah, I think having parents to guide them is so Mm. important. And then there's the difference between doing something because it's on trend, but then looking at a skincare routine because you have acne and you actually have a a skin condition and there's a really big difference. So before we actually speak to our dermatologist, I mean, is there an issue with using the wrong kind of skincare too early when you don't need skincare that that you then, Michelle, cause skin, skin issues like acne or peeling or whatever it may be that you actually cause skin issues that otherwise wouldn't have been there? Yeah, that's definitely the case sometimes. So in terms of permanent damage, that's not really a huge concern because our skin does regrow quite easily. Um, But in terms of just causing temporary damage, like you said, potentially causing breakouts, potentially using things that are too harsh. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. I think a lot of us remember putting toothpaste on our pimples back in the day maybe putting vinegar on our face and that's not so great Um, (laughs) and that is definitely a big social media trend as well Um, but in terms of being scared of using properly formulated products that you buy and ruining your skin in the long term that it's Mm. not really a huge concern luckily. Michelle thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Michelle Wong, also known as Lab Muffin. She's a science educator, a chemistry PhD and cosmetic chemist. Did you ever put toothpaste on your pimples? That's uh, probably one I never did. No, I, I can't recall it. <laughs> one of the things that's coming out of this, and it's very strong about kids going to a shop, a physical shop, and standing in a shop and being involved and all standing there as a, as a group. Yeah. Rather than doing the online buying, which is really interesting, yeah, um, because it's 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 actually more right. We, we're looking at skincare, but we're actually looking at a social thing as well and a peer thing that we can do together. So that it's a really interesting element that that is right. much bigger than you than we probably think it is because it's not sort of sitting there clicking a button and buying things and your parents don't know about it, which is sort of probably always the greatest fear that the, that a package just turns up and you know don't know what it is. Actually, going to a to a physical retail outlet. And mm-hmm. hanging out like we do. Yeah. It's actually an old school activity, isn't yeah, it, to go yeah. and hang out at, at the shops. Yeah, with, yeah. And, and then the, the other issue is what, what, what is the um, is a responsibility on the retailer? If you've got so many so many young people there, they're buying products with potentially, I mean, they've talked before about you know, retinol in there, is, is there a responsibility on a retailer, physical retailer? Wow. And in terms of asking whether or not there needs to be some form of regulation, Natalia's in Collingwood and she says, we need to educate these teens. They're following a fifth percentile of idiots. My 14-year-old showed us how she used PVA glue as a skin peel that she saw on TikTok. Education needs to show these kids just how ridiculous these skin influences are. PVA glue as a skin peel. Well, I, I use it on the end of my fingers a lot of times when you're trying to glue something and takes well, almost I take your, once put false nails on <laughs> and take your fingerprint off the glue, top. Yeah. And let's just say they stayed on for a good I, I period of time. I wouldn't be putting on my face. This message, and there's lots similar to this, it says, this segment is a tonic for my weary head and heart. I'm a mum of a 12-year-old boy who has gone down this toxic path and I'm hopeless to stopping it. I say no, stick to water and veggies, but he doesn't have a phone, However, for his birthday money from his grandparents, he has a school iPad and he has plenty of friends dragging him to Mecca after school 
all of which are obsessed with skincare and their appearance. For how long of these days at the supermarket and shampoo and Clearasil if our parents would let us? Parents feel like, from what I can gather, are finding it hard to say no, that the skinfluencer, the friends are overriding all of that. But just how bad is it? Maybe we shouldn't be so worried. Rod Sinclair is a professor of dermatology at the University of Melbourne and the director of Epworth Dermatology. Rod, is this something that we should be concerned about or is it just good to start skincare at an early age? Well, it's not something I'm losing sleep over. Uh, I don't think it's a major problem in society. I think what we've seen is that there is a a greater trend towards beauty. And so we um, we idolise the beautiful people. We worship models. We think that beauty is, a, is an important part of currency. But in fact, it's always been the way. There's always been an advantage for the people who are attractive and people who... Um, don't who don't have nice skin or whatever find that uh, it diminishes some of their opportunities so whether that's to, to find a partner or popularity or things like that so there's always been an interest in beauty we're seeing children enter puberty at a slightly younger age so they're starting to get into problems with acne at a younger age they're more in tune through social media with trends and fashion and so i think it's all just part of that so, Rod, do you have any concern about the where they're getting that advice from? So, you, particularly things like TikTok, when you have pe- people they may not be much older than the than the ones they're talking to, giving out advice about this is the product that she, you should use and this is the routine. Is there a, is there a concern that you have about that that level of expertise? Yes, I think you know one one of the problems is that everybody feels as though they're an expert on skin. They've all everybody's got their own skincare routines and they've found the products that they like. And on the whole, the the quality of the products available these days are much better than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. And so you know there is a problem that you do get dodgy advice, but you can get dodgy advice from your neighbor, you can get dodgy advice from your parents. Um, everybody's got a view and there's you know, and I think it's it's hard to get um, airspace for the for the experts to sort mm. of try and find out what what's what stands up to scrutiny and uh, what information is just nonsense. What does it actually do to a young skin? Lots of people saying, does it ruin their skin barriers, right? Which is probably a term that is relatively new. As a dermatologist, you would hear that all the time, but it's starting to become just in people's general conversation. Now, this is good for or bad for your skin barrier. Is Can you potentially damage young skin that is beautiful and, and, and plump and full of collagen? Can damage be done? So... Yes, potentially, but it'd be pretty tricky. So most most of the products out there are, as I said, very good quality. So we do have regulations. So the TGA is out there to regulate. So that's the, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. It's a Commonwealth statutory body and it's out there to regulate medications um, and poisons. Now, they don't necessarily regulate cosmetics on a routine basis because there's so many products out there. But they will, if there's a complaint about a product, so if a product is um, causing irritation or allergy, um, then that can come to the attention of the TGA and they can uh, regulate it. Um, or if they make advertising uh, claims. So the definition of a cosmetic is something that doesn't alter the structure of the skin. So anything that could potentially alter the structure of the skin is now no longer a cosmetic 
and would be classified mm. as, a, as a medication or, or the technical term as a poison. I think poison is probably overstating it a little <laughs> bit. But, um, I just wonder how many people recognize. would do that, though, and how many people are reading, uh, looking for that information. Well, I'm not sure that you need to go and look for it because the TGA it'll be, a yeah, it'll be brought to, yeah, it'll be brought so to the maybe we shouldn't be that worried. Is that what you're saying? I think so. You know, I think uh, at the end of the day, there's a full born every day. There's always there's always people who are self-appointed experts in skin and they get currency uh, on the media. They get a little bit of traction. People follow them. And people, you know, people are out there spending hundreds of dollars on cosmetic creams. And there's a multi-billion dollar worldwide industry. And you could criticise, you know, those ultra expensive fads. You know, there was, there was one there, I think they had gold in, uh, in a moisturiser. Yes, I remember and that. For, for $1,000 a tube. So, and then Aldi bought out their version, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's always been, it's always full of nonsense. And at the end of the day, there are some really simple principles. And that is that the body um, regulates its water content over the course of a day. So, so maybe the, the damage of- is not being done to our skin, but it's being done to like this text that says, I feel like these skin influences alter where my 11-year-old gets her value from, and the emphasis on having to look good in order to be a valuable member of society and the long-term impacts that it's having on her relationships. As a parent, Rod, is, should it be more about what does it teach our kids as opposed to what is it physically doing to their skin? Well, I think, I think there's elements of all of it, and, and it's part of fashion. It's part of having nice hair, having nice skin, having nice clothes. There are some people who, whose self-esteem is determined by the way in which they look and the way in which they present themselves. And some people are totally indifferent to it, and some people are more concerned about it. And I think there probably is a, a balance in between where people should take care of their presentation. They should look after their skin if they're getting acne then it's worthwhile using some of the the treatments that are available over the counter through the pharmacy if they're getting uh, eczema then again they can go to the pharmacy and they can get professional advice and we've got excellent pharmacists all through the country the advice they give is fee is free and they're highly highly qualified expert people and i think if you choose to get your advice off some unknown adolescent on tiktok rather than a professional mm. pharmacist then the 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 word retinol has come up a few times today. What's mm-hmm. the status of that? Can you buy a product with retinol from, say, a, a, a major um, beauty chain such as a Mecca or yeah, whatever? Can you came up? And, 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 and is that a problem? Do you see that actually you can buy those sorts of products just straight up and down? So, so retinol is a vitamin A uh, derivative. It's a synthetic form of vitamin A, and it's classified according to its concentration and the the type of it. So some of the retinols are prescription only. So retinoic acid, uh, tretinone, and a whole range of the more potent and more effective retinoids are considered poisons. And so they require a prescription or they might be over the counter in a pharmacy, but they're regulated in their distribution. Retinol is a very weak, very mild vitamin A derivative. It probably has very little effect. It's popularity is because it sounds like retinoic acid and so people think because it sounds similar it probably has a similar effect which is probably not true Um, and it can cause a little bit of dryness of the skin but it's not going to damage the skin or cause a problem it's probably not going to be of any benefit for people with acne um, but it's out there in the cosmetic it's widely used and uh, 
and it doesn't seem to cause many problems considering how widespread it is in uh, in the cosmetics. Mm. You'll find a lot of the expensive cosmetics as well. There's a message here that says, my tween is putting a mix of coffee grounds, honey and other things around their eyes as a mask for 15 minutes every day, supposedly to remove the dark circles around the eyes. Is there any harm in this? I try to say more sleep and a better diet would help, but that's to no effect. So a mask of, of coffee and honey and other things, Rod, around the eyes, does it work? Is it harmful? No, but it's probably going to be no more or less effective in getting sleep. So sleep's not going to make dark rings around the eyes go away either. Um, it's, Damn, I've been saying that to my daughter for ages. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's, it, every culture on the planet has got skincare routines. People have painted their face, they've used makeups, there's always been adornments of beauty. Um, and it's probably um, part of our evolutionary makeup to, to make ourselves more attractive. There's all sorts of things that you can try. Honey is, uh, you know, there's medicated forms of honey which have slight antiseptic properties, but honey is also very occlusive and so it can block your pores and cause blackheads. So it depends on what your baseline skin type is like as to whether it's going to be good for you or bad for you. But it sounds like nonsense. You know, it's just a... It's just, you know, it's just a light bulb moment that someone's had that's got no, no substance in science. What's of interest of that is where did that idea come from? Where did, where did that concoction? And I, I do worry about the term "other things" because I'm not yeah, quite sure. Yeah, what's the other? <laughs> <laughs> but but it's but the, the the point is is it's coming from somewhere. Some they're getting advice from somewhere of seeing that somewhere. Mm. And as you say, back in the old days, it would have been in a magazine potentially. But now it's it's potentially coming from social media. So it's the it's the advice that, that's been given. Rod Sinclair is with you, professor of dermatology at the University of Melbourne and director of Epworth Dermatology. This age that we're talking about with the rise of the skin influencer the tween skin influencer we're talking about sort of 10 to 12 year olds around that age hormones are potentially starting to change with the onset of puberty as well how do or how should skincare routines either start or change when we're talking about kids going through puberty well there's lots of variations in in skin type but generally what happens is at the time of puberty the oil glands in the skin enlarge and they produce more oil and the skin becomes a little bit greasy. And if you're, um, and then that'll be the time that you often start to get blackheads, whiteheads, and then pimples. And everybody gets acne to some degree. Some people get it very mildly, some people get it more severely. And the, pa- and the people with severe acne can also get some scarring. So the first thing that happens is the skin becomes a little bit oily. And if the skin is getting very oily, then washing it with a little bit of soap will often dissolve the oil. If you're starting to get pimples, then you can actually get antiseptic uh, face washes. They're available over the counter in the pharmacy. There's a very common one called, um, which contains benzoyl peroxide, and it's cheap, highly effective. It's probably as effective as pretty much any of the prescription items um, that you can get from the from the pharmacy, and they will all um, keep the skin free of acne. If you've got a tendency to eczema, mm. then the oiliness that comes with the um, the oil glands can sometimes help, and so it can sometimes make the skin a little bit. One of one of the features of eczema is the skin's often dry, and so if it makes it a bit more oily, then uh, then that can help the eczema. And similarly, if you've got a tendency to eczema, washing your face with soap will remove the natural oils from the from the face and make it even drier. So you've got to. So I think if you 
if you're getting acne but you don't have eczema, then a little bit of soap is good, a mild soap, something like Dove that's, um, that's not too strong. And if you've got a tendency towards eczema, then just washing your face with water will be adequate. Would you suggest, Rod, if a, a young person you know, is having some acne issues, maybe it's causing them some distress as well. Like as you said earlier, it can be really stressful. You can feel like maybe that you feel uncomfortable at school or whatever it may be. Would you recommend that they go and, if they can afford to, go and, and speak to a dermatologist before they start a particular type of product or regime? I think the best place to start is in your pharmacy. The advice is free and the pharmacists are really good at making a decision as to whether you need to go and see your GP. Um, and your GP is an expert in the management of mild acne. And if it's severe acne, then they'll send you on to a dermatologist. So so not everybody with acne needs to see a dermatologist. Um, there's lots of, there's a whole range of treatments available. One of the problems we have is the embarrassment. And so when you talk to pharmacists, they say one of the most commonly shoplifted items in the pharmacy are acne treatments. Wow. And it's because of the embarrassment of the kids. They've often got the money in the pocket, but they just don't want to go up to the counter and acknowledge that they've got acne, even though it's written all over their face. And so they often nick it. And in fact, it's probably much better if they actually spoke to the pharmacist and said, listen, or, or come in with their parents, spoke, speak to the pharmacist and get some proper, proper treatment because they've got lots of things that they can offer that are available over the counter. Um, and they can also give them advice and say, mm. well, listen, this is a little bit worse than what we can treat with the over-the-counter preparations. Go and see your GP, get a prescription, and then they can come back to the pharmacy and they can get the, the creams. I had that exact experience. I got a pimple just recently on my nose like I was a teenager. I, I, I have no idea where this unholy thing came from. And I went in to do exactly that, Rod, and spoke to my pharmacist. He's fantastic. And he told me to put pure alcohol on it. He said, have you got any vodka at home? <laughs> I was like... I think I might. And I put alcohol, dabbed alcohol uh, on my nose and it actually dried it out and helped. But then I also see a dermatologist and she was a bit like, oh, I don't know about putting vodka on your nose. So, I mean, do you need to be careful and question some of the advice that you get? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can remember when I was a junior dermatologist at St. Vincent's, there was a nursing home that had a scabies outbreak. And some bright spark nurse decided to put them all in kerosene baths to kill the, the scabies outbreak. Okay. And so they all, they, you know, basically shut down the nursing home, sent them all into St. Vincent's. And we looked after them for a while and, uh, and uh, gave them a tablet and got their scabies better. But, um, you know, so there's always people with these home remedies. And I think it's really important for people to stick to what they know, not to extrapolate the science. But the idea behind the alcohol is that it's an astringent, it'll dry out the skin. And so if you've got a particular pimple that you've probably overpicked and it's um, becoming a little bit weepy and possibly even getting a bit of uh, infection on it, mm. then the alcohol can actually dry it out. Vodka is a pretty pure form, but you can also you could also have got an alcohol swab from the, the pharmacist and got some some medical grade alcohol. But it's it's one of the strategies. But a lot of it, just, you know, every pimple slightly different, and it depends on what stage they are. But it's not a but that wouldn't be a treatment for every pimple. That would only be the, the um, you know the ones that are that are um, that are weepy and probably infected yeah, that are taking on a life of their own. Just yeah. finally, Rod Sinclair. Do you have an issue with skin fluences? They are everywhere. Lots of parents are concerned. As a dermatologist, should we be worried? Well, I think we should be worried about all self-anointed 
experts, people who have uncertain qualifications, who speak out on topics where they don't even know what they don't know. And I think, and I think it's it's a, it's a problem in all branches of medicine. Um, and sometimes people people think that this is easy; it's all straightforward. And so you've just got to be careful about where you get your advice. And so having a having a hierarchy of information that you accept is really important. So you know what you read in the age, you might put a different value onto what you read in the Batuta Advocate. So you've got you've got you've got to be you've got to be <laughs> clear thinking and analyze all the sources of information you get and work out now how how reliable, how trustworthy is this information? Does this actually merit me changing my my skincare routine? based on a TikTok video of some unknown person. Good advice. Rod, it's been great to spend some time with you. Thank you so much. Rod Sinclair is a professor of dermatology at the University of Melbourne and a director of Epworth Dermatology. Let's end with Louise, who's in Surrey Hills. Morning, Louise. What did you want to say? Oh, I, was, um, I just texted in before because I think I've got a 12-year-old daughter and she loves her um, TikTok cosmetic videos and it's her creative outlet um i've had two boys and they've got a heap of lego and that was their creative outlet and for her this is her creative outlet so you're not worried about it as a parent um not at the moment um we've taught her to use it at home and to um be creative with it at home but when she goes out she doesn't wear it out good to hear from you louise thank you I think I'm more concerned now because my daughter loves Lego as well as getting into skincare. So I'm going to cop it from both sides, Ed Gannon. Yeah, look, I, um, a couple of things have come out of this. That, uh, don't ever take your, your skincare advice from the Patuta Advocate. Um, <laughs> hopefully the kerosene bath doesn't take off on TikTok. Um, and also to the... Coffee masks? Yeah, the, or the um, soap and face washer, which my sister just texted in to suggest that as the, the remedy for everything, as well as the dermatologist. Doesn't make for a very good TikTok video. No. And and also, too, doesn't necessitate you having to go and stand in Mecca for hours looking and looking. So that that's probably not going to cut it with the, the tween. I have had a few people, though, that say, look, I was really worried about this, but the fact that my daughter does spend hours and hours in Mecca means that that's hours and hours that she's not on her phone and that she's out with her friends and socialising. So maybe there is a slight silver lining to this, that at least they're out socialising. And again, if you're not giving them the money or you're only giving them, you know, 10 or $15 and they, they have to spend that wisely or they're using their own pocket money but they're out and about with their friends, maybe it's not that bad. Well, as Rod sort of, sort of intimated, that. that it's, it's, it, don't worry too much about it because the, 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 it's all regulated. So the, really the, probably the, the, the thing that's really going to hurt is your hip pocket yeah, out of all of this. Absolutely. Ed Gannon, the director of Media Means and the former editor of The Weekly Times. Tomorrow we're doing a show on a big shift for restaurants to move away from labelling themselves as seasonal and looking into sustainability, right? Sustainable restaurants, even things like an ethical butcher. So meat that is being killed by an ethical hunter and serving up ethical meat. Given your history back at the Weekly Times, did you ever think there would have been a day of an ethical hunter and an ethical butcher? Oh, certainly ethical butchers were, were have become quite a big thing and that has been for a, a long time but I mean the whole all of the um, industries, particularly like the, the, the beef industry and, wool and the sheep industry, have been pushing the sustainability because they want to be seen mm. to be sustainable as well. I mean, the whole thing about carbon and methane. So, yeah, but you could, these are very specific. It's a, big, it's a big thing. That's tomorrow. Talk then.